want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you'll be both encouraged and challenged. If you enjoy what's happening at Cowboy Junction, it would really help us out a lot if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share this online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com slash give. We hope you enjoy this message. The Lord just gave me, immediately gave me a vision, and I knew when he gave it to me that it was for Cowboy Junction. And here's what it was. I got this vision of a, a dam, like Hoover Dam. And this, I was looking at the downside, the canyon part of the dam, and this dam began to crack at the top and began to break, and the water came crashing down that canyon. The prayers that you pray over your city are like buckets of water being poured into that lake. And the pressure, all the time you do that, the pressure's building. What I believe that means is, is that you're about to experience some kind of extreme breakthrough here. Now's the time to prepare for the dam breaking. Not when the dam breaks. God's not looking for people that can do something. He's looking for people he can do something with. So what does breakthrough look for you? We've been talking the last several weeks about breakthrough, and and today we're going to shift this message a little bit because uh, I want to really talk to the folks today that you've heard us talk about breakthrough. We've talked about big breakthrough. We've talked about what God can do in breakthrough. Heck, you watched the video, and that's a pretty big old dam right there. Um, yep, that's, uh, I always wanted a pastor in, uh, in, uh, in Nevada at, um, uh, what was the name of the town, uh, not right outside of Las Vegas where, uh, Boulder City, at Boulder City, uh, where the dam is, and I wanted to have the dam church. <laughs> and I always want, I always wanted to be the dam pastor. I, you guys are awful. See, I'm talking about something else and you're thinking about this and, you guys better get your mind right right now, okay? And, and, and listen, you look at that and you go, that's a big old dam. And, and the fact is, is that maybe you're thinking, I'm, not, I'm just being introduced to this faith thing, trust in God thing. And, and you guys are thinking on this level, and, and I think that's great. I think that's great you guys are thinking on that level. And there are people for the last several days have been shooting me emails. Let me just tell you, I've, I've received emails from all kinds of people telling me your testimony, the breakthroughs you've received from the Lord, the things you're believing God for. Gosh, it has been so cool to receive these many positive emails. But today I want to shift a little bit and I want to kind of include everybody. What if you're here today and you would say, I don't know, mine's just not that big. Is it still important to God? Is my breakthrough, even though it's not big, even though it's something that I'm just thinking Gosh, if God just did this, if God just did this, that would be such a monumental breakthrough in where my faith is right now. And and this is good for us all to hear because there are those that are at this level. And there are those that are at this level. But it's all the same level of faith to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, to lean not on your understandings. And to lean on, not on your own understanding, but to acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. And so today I'm going to pray, and I'm going to talk to you today about something that I think is so important in your breakthrough when it comes to possibilities and opportunities, okay? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. Show us who you are. 
Anoint me to speak. I love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to take your Bibles and I want you to go to John chapter 2, verse 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, fourth book of the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, turn to chapter 2. Verse 1 starts off like this. You've heard this story before. And for everybody in the room that you go, you, you would just say, is what, this, is what I'm believing God for, is it worth believing for a breakthrough? Let me show you one of the most fascinating miracles Jesus ever did that Jesus didn't want to do. Okay? And it goes like this. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Her name was Mary. Okay? Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. It's pretty neat if you think about it. Jesus was invited to somebody's wedding. They thought enough about him and his crew to invite them all to the wedding. And what's even more special is Jesus went. That's pretty neat. You, you, know, you invite Jesus and he comes to your wedding. I, I just think that's one of the coolest things. And when they ran out of wine, it's very important to this story. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Let me just tell you real quick that um, ladies, when you talk to us guys, um, don't assume we understand what you're talking about. Okay? Let me, let me just stop and pause and help a lot of marriages in the room. That if you turn to us and say, let's go out to eat, and we turn and go, Okay, where do you want to go? And you go, well, I don't know, wherever you want to go. We're going to assume that means that we can go wherever we want to go. <laughs> but if you're not specific, we don't know if you don't help us know. And in this case, Mary turns and assumes that Jesus was thinking what she was thinking. Ladies, don't ever ask your husband if you're thinking what I'm thinking, because I can promise you he's probably not thinking what you're thinking. And you're going to have to be a little more specific here. And in this case, we see that Mary turns and says, do you see they're out of wine? They're, they're out of wine. And Jesus' response is, well, what do you want me to do about it? What, what do you want me to do about it? Mary doesn't even wait, doesn't even wait for Jesus to jump on board in the plan. Mary just decides right there, the plan needs to go forward whether Jesus understands what we're going to do or not. This is a bold move for someone with Jesus. You would say, but this is his mother. She has the right to do this. Let's be very clear. There are very many times in the Bible when Jesus is stepping into his anointing. And he has to kind of tell Mary, Mary, I have to do what my father wants to do, but Mary is right there with him. She was a part of the plan. It, it was her intention to be wherever he was, to do whatever he was going to do. She didn't need an invitation. She was going to be there no matter what. We got to pay attention to this kind of motherly boldness. Are you that kind of bold? Are you, have you decided in your heart that you want to be in his plan and you don't need an invitation? I, this is where I want to be. This is really important because I, I kind of think about some things during my preparation time. 
And the one thing that I see about turning water into wine and it being Jesus' first miracle is this. I'm sure there were bigger emergencies in Cana that day than water to wine. I mean, seriously. My prayer life doesn't prey on things that I think are important a lot of times because I'm more focused on things that I think deserve my prayer time more than things that I really want to pray about. My prayer time consists of praying for emergencies. People who've shot me emails or shot me texts or have contacted the church and says, would you put this on the prayer team? And I'm looking on Facebook. Facebook says, hey, Cowboy Junction prayer team is praying for this. And I feel this obligation to pray for bigger things because aren't they the most important things? But I'm going to give you a freebie here today. And you may want to write this down. Emergencies do not dictate miracles. Are we, are we, are we tracking? Some, uh, emergencies don't dictate miracles. Which means it may be the most important thing in the world. But it doesn't guarantee a miracle. And you see here that a woman who made this a possibility and an opportunity saw a miracle take place that day. There were bigger needs in the world that day. There were severe circumstances. But Mary decided to be an advocate for something that she felt like was the most important. Now, why is this such a big deal? Because for some of us in this room, I just want to get your attention. If it's important to you, it's important to your Father in heaven. And there are emergencies in this world that actually blind us from faith because of assumption that just because it's an emergency, God is probably doing something right there. But emergencies don't move God. Faith moves God. So for everybody in the room that you're sitting here and going, is my need that really that big? It doesn't matter. If you have the faith to turn to the Father, no matter how big it is, whether it's an emergency or whether it's turning water to wine for a wedding, wherever your heart is can really dictate where your faith is. And where your faith is is when the miracle shows up. So for everybody in the room that you think, I don't know if it's big enough, it's big enough. It's an opportunity. And Mary stepped into this initiator of possibilities that day. She instigated the whole water-to-wine moment. And it makes us ask some questions. I want to ask you a very important question here today. This is the question. What am I believing God for? What am I believing God for? Because if you're not going to believe him for anything, then that's probably what you're going to get. And some of us are intimidated to believe him for the little things because it's not a very big thing. But I can tell you right now that there was a time in my life where the little things turned into big things because when you learn how to believe him for the little things, the big things became more and more and more possible. Can I tell you guys real quick that one time I was in... uh, Gillette, Wyoming, out of gas, praying that God 
would get me to uh, the gas station. Have you guys ever been on E and you're like you're running on fumes? That was me, and I did not want to be stranded on the side of the road in Gillette, Wyoming, with a herd of antelope driving my uh, truck. Into, if you've ever been there, you get that joke. Um, and I, here I am, believe God, get me there, get me there. And in my mind, I'm hearing, well, you're the dummy who didn't fill up in Cheyenne. Well, you're the dummy who didn't do this. And, and there was this, you deserve this going through my head. Do you guys ever get deserves this in your head too? Yeah. And faith kept going, well, what are you going to do? Sit here and deserve being stranded on the side of the road or just ask for forgiveness and keep believing God to keep you, keep you going? And in that one moment, I had to erase the guilt and ask for forgiveness. God, I should have filled up in Cheyenne. But now I had to believe God, get me to Gillette. Father, I just pray for every time the wheels, and I'm rejoicing. I got the, got, the, got the radio off, and I'm literally rejoicing every time the wheels run over, or roll over. And I got to Gillette. Now, some people say, well, that's trivial. That, that's not that big a miracle. For me, that was a big miracle. But the bigger miracle is when I got to Gillette and realized that all the pumps were down, and none of them took a credit card, and I had no cash. Yeah, yeah. So, so now I'm praying, God, you got me to Gillette. Now what do I do when you knew the whole time that none of the pumps were working with the card? And God instantly put in my heart. At the time, I was affiliated with this denomination. And, and he said, call that denomination for the, 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 the first church here in that, that's called that. Just call them. Tell them who you are. Tell them your situation. And I called him. And he goes, yeah. He said, Ty, I was in your class at pastor school think of the coincidence in that this guy had flown from wyoming to phoenix arizona had sat into my rule ministry sat in my rule ministry class i never got to meet him never got to, to we get to be friends but he knew me i called him he said i'll be right down there he came down there with a wad of cash we filled my tank up he said don't even worry about it the church will take care of it and i left the gas station with this guy paying cash, and I had to just pray to get to the gas station so that God could get the guy to the gas station and fill my truck up. It starts with something small. But you have to have the opportunity to say, God, this could be a possibility. Are there bigger miracles in the world? Absolutely. Are there bigger things that people need? Yes. But the real question is, Ty, what are you believing God for right now? And for now, some of you just filling your gas tank up doesn't seem so bad anymore. Now, believing God to get you to somewhere where it's going to be really difficult to get you to is kind of stirring your faith a little bit. And there's two things that happen in the story of Mary. There are possibilities waiting to be named, and there's circumstances waiting to be changed. These two things... There are possibilities waiting to be named, and there are circumstances waiting to be changed, are the very two things that in your life right now, we've got to start thinking about, and what breakthrough do you need in your life that is actually going to be the breakthrough that spurs on all other breakthrough from here on? Because your faith increases because of God's faithfulness. Come on, let's think about this. Your faith doesn't increase because you dream bigger. Your faith doesn't increase because you saw the bigger possibilities. 
Your faith increases because of God's faithfulness. And when you see how faithful he is in the little things, you'll see how faithful he is in the big things too. This is huge. I was listening to Pastor Robert Morris a couple weeks ago. And he said something that I had to stop and pause and rewind. And it's something I want to share with you today. Pastor Robert Morris was talking about the faith of prayer and learning how to pray. But Pastor Morris began to tell the story about, well, what, when, what, what do you do when you don't pray because you don't want to be let down? Okay? You don't pray because you just don't want to be let down. He tells this story. He says when him and his wife found out they were pregnant, he was very excited, so pumped. He said God put in his heart, and he shared with his wife, listen, we're going to have two, we're going to have two kids. One now, another one later, and they're both going to be boys. And we just need to be praying for these boys. And, 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 and she said, how do you know they're going to be boys? And he goes, because <clears throat> I'm praying for boys. And, and so she said, well, that's unfair. And he goes, well, I'm the one praying. Why aren't you praying? And she said, well, I can handle boys. And so she, they just began to pray for their two boys and, and for the Lord to give them the name to their two boys. And sure enough, the first boy was born. And then they named him a, a couple of years later. The second boy was born, and God just put in their heart to keep praying for another child. Well, they both agreed, we, we're believing for a daughter. We're believing for a daughter. And so they found out they're pregnant, and they just began to pray that this, this, this baby was going to be a girl. And, and Robert, man of prayer, would just go and pray and just begin to pray for his daughter. God, make her a girl. We pray for a girl. This is what we want. We want a girl. We want a girl. We want a girl. And, and, and it just kind of dawned on him one day, I haven't noticed my wife praying at all. And so he's, Robert Morris said, he went to his wife and he said, hey, are you praying for a girl? And she said, mm, no. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want another boy. We don't want another boy. We've had two boys. We're believing for a girl. Why aren't you praying for a girl? And her answer was all too real. She says, I'm not praying for a girl because what if it's not a girl? And I don't want my heart to then be sad that all this time praying ended up being something that God didn't want it to be. And, and, and I, I just don't even want to pray. If we get a kid, we get a kid. I just don't want to pray about it. Now, the reason why I bring this up because this feeling in prayer is all too real. And you shouldn't feel bad, but you should pay attention to something real quick. Jesus specifically tells us, you got to come to me and pray. And sometimes we see the emergency prayers as the breakthrough prayers to where breakthrough could be something as easy as they need wine. Something as God turned and saying, you need to believe me that this is a girl. You need to believe me that this child is a boy. You need to believe me for a child. And, and, and the scripture I want to bring up in this and is Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. Don't put it up there, don't put it up there just yet. I'm going to read this to you, and I'm going to show you the, one of the most important parts right here. Okay, it says this. Now as they went out to, of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road uh, behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, have mercy on us, O son of David. 
And then it says this. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, what do you want me to do? Okay. This is one of the most interesting. We got that scripture up there. Yeah. Jesus stood still and called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? Okay. Now, now keep this in mind. He is turning and he is talking to a blind man. And he asks, what do you want me to do? Does this make sense? Okay. Okay. If you ever see me standing in line at Roses, okay, and I have my food and I'm about to pay for it, and you say, what do you want me to do? It's kind of obvious I want you to pay for it. Because I can pull this back really quick, and you can pay for it. This is kind of one of those obvious, Captain Obvious moments. What do you want me to do? Okay, let me, let me tell you why this is such a big deal for me. Not everything that we assume we've talked to God about, we've actually talked to God about. And some of the things that we assume, if God will do it, he will do it. If God, if, if God will give us a girl, God will give us a girl. If God will give us a boy, he'll give us a boy. But what Robert was talking about here is Jesus wants you to be specific in your faith, even if it's something that your flesh is telling you, you just need to learn to be happy. You just need to learn to be comfortable right where you're at. You just need to enjoy it, sit back, quit bothering God. This isn't an emergency. This is an important thing. I mean, seriously, there's people who can't have children and you are praying for the sex of your child. How selfish. And my flesh has done that to me. And in this case, you've got to notice that Jesus is turning and he's asking, what do you want me to do? Because there's a lot of issues that a blind man would have. A blind man would have an issue of, uh, would you help me to show me where the water fountain is? Would you help me and show me where the bathroom may be? Would you help me get up and fix my bed so that I can lay back down? There's a lot of things that he could have said, this is where I need help. And what Jesus is doing here, he's saying, let's get on the same page and make sure you and I both are talking about the same thing. What do you want? I know what I want to do. I want to heal your eyes. But do you want me to heal your eyes? And when we start talking to God about the things that he's put in our heart to talk to him about, no matter how big or how small, that's when you're in breakthrough territory. And this seems like a strange question to ask a blind man. What do you want me to do? Until you start thinking about faith. And there's some things that people want God to do that God's turning and saying, really? Because I specifically put in your heart something that between me and you, this was a very important thing. Ask me for that. Ask me for that. What do you, what do you want? What do you want? Another thing, to get back to Mary. We need more advocates. Here you have this story of the water and the wine, but the couple is out of wine. 
And Jesus became an advocate. Everybody say advocate. Advocate's a very important word. It's somebody standing up for something that we all should be paying attention to. Someone drawing attention. Someone taking the faith step. Someone being the burden carrier. And on that day, it wasn't Mary's wedding. It wasn't Mary's party. She was just a guest. But she knew who could fix the problem. And she became an advocate. You have been called to be an advocate also. There are many wants in your life. But the real question is, is what are you advocating for? You can get so wrapped up in your world that you miss the miracle that could take place in your world if you would just be an advocate for it. Let me just tell you, that's one of the greatest lessons about stepping into faith. Someone's got to take the initiative to have the faith. We all live in assumption land. We all just assume things are going to happen. But when you see a miracle take place in somebody's life, one key reason is because they became an advocate. Let me just tell you, high school rodeo ministry, no one wanted to go to high school rodeo kids. In fact, the churches didn't want to go to high school rodeos because they thought that all these kids should be in church on Sundays. So they're all a bunch of heathen, backslidden rodeo kids. Who wants to reach them until an advocate steps up? And an advocate says, hey, listen, my Sundays are free. I've heard every sermon in the world. I've read the Bible. I, I, I think I could go to these guys and be an advocate. I never will forget when I started in Arizona. Moved to, Arizona, to New Mexico. Took over the high school rodeo in New Mexico. Uh, ministry. And, and it was just being an advocate. And there are things that aren't important to other people that are important to you. And God isn't going to move because somebody else doesn't think it's important. God will move because you think it's important. What do you think is important? And you need to realize that the miracle took place for Mary because she became an advocate. It amazes me every year when Camp Crossfire comes around and the people who become advocates for kids to go to camp. All of a sudden, CG's getting phone calls. Can you fit one more in? CG, can you fit one more in? Can you fit one more in? And it's one of the biggest burdens of thinking, oh my gosh, we don't have any more room, but we got to fit one more kid in because it's always that mother. It's always the mother, always the mother who says, my kid's coming to camp, but his friend wants to come too. CG, you don't know. This kid needs Jesus so bad. This kid needs Jesus so bad. And you just got to know, squeaky wheels get the grease. CG would tell you no, but I'm telling you, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. And it's this moment that we have to sit down as a staff and think, how do we make a possibility for more room? We would never even have that conversation. How do we make more room? How do we involve more kids? How do we get to this point? We wouldn't even have that conversation if it wasn't for that mother who keeps being an advocate for her kid's friend and then another friend and another friend. We need more advocates. We need more advocates for marriage. For someone to sit back and go, us guys need to get together more and talk about how to be better husbands. Who's going to be the advocate for great husbands? 
Who's going to be the advocate for foster kids? And let me just tell you, our church has some amazing advocates right now at Cowboy Junction for foster kids. But if they don't wave their hands, and if they don't get loud, if they don't jump up and say, look over here, we need diapers, we need blankets, we need clothes for our foster kids, how does the miracle ever happen? Because foster kids out of anybody can be swept right underneath the table and nobody know. If you're in this room and you're wondering if God hears your prayers, let me close with this. If God cares enough about turning water to wine, you have to see why he cares enough to turn water to wine. It wasn't the water, and it wasn't the wine. It was Mary. And her desire and her passion, she saw an opportunity, and she became an advocate. And she saw a miracle that day. Let me throw one more thing out there I want you to think about. What if you're in this room and you are the one that everybody is believing for a miracle for? What if you're the one in this room that your grandma has been praying for for years, that your mama has been praying for for years, that your friends have been praying for for years? What if you're the one in the room that you don't even realize the miracle that God wants to do and the people who want to see the miracle in your life and you're just kind of assuming if God is God, he'll do it and if, he, if, he, if he's not, he won't. And, and I, just, I just want to stop and pause and think, are others wanting your miracle worse than you're wanting your miracle? Are others wanting your miracle worse than you're wanting your miracle? And you at some point have to be the initiator of possibilities of what God wants to do in your life. You've got to take a step of faith. You've got to jump out there and trust God that in my world, in my life right now, I want to believe God for the possibilities of what He can do in my life. And you've got to be an advocate for the thing that you want to see God do more than the people around you who are believing for what God wants to do in your life. Let me give you an example of this, okay? A minute ago, I had Clay Harden up here on the stage. And there was a time that Clay was working for New Mexico Junior College. And we were so thrilled. CG's working for Cowboy Junction. Clay's working for New Mexico Junior College. It was just, it was just perfect. But one day, we were doing something. I can't remember what we were doing. We were doing something. And I just kind of popped off to Clay. I just turned and said, he was telling us about how we were going to do this. We need to do this as a church. We need to do this as a church. We need to do this as a church. And I just turned to him and I said, hey, when you quit in the junior college, you're going to come to church for Cal- work for Cowboy Junction. And it was just silence. And afterwards, I text CJ and I said, OMG, which means, oh my gosh. <laughs> OMG, the silence. What was going on? And she texts back and she goes, I don't know. He was just really quiet when you brought up working for the church. 
And I guess it was a week later, Clay came in and he said, were you serious about me working for Cowboy Junction? And I said, I mean, right then I'm like, <laughs> yes, come to work, quit your job, yes it is. But I've learned over the years, I can want things for someone, but in, uh, until they want it, it does no good what I want for them. Does it make sense? I said, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. So Clay took another week, and he prayed about it. And he came in, and he says, I think this is what God wants me to do. And I said, okay, where are you? Are you a percentage? I love percentages. And he, I said, are you like 99% confident this is what God wants you to do? He goes, yeah, I think so. I'm 99% confident this is the decision God wants to do in my life. I said, okay, then we're going to do something. I'm not hiring you until you can trust God and he can give you that last, that 1%, and you know that you know that you know that this is what God wants you to do, and it's not just a cool idea, and it's not just a, an opportunity or a tie, a tie or got this together kind of thing. I'm believing God for you to believe God for that 1%. And Clay walked out of my office. Now, in that moment, I could have hired him. I could have had a 99% offer, you know, just come to work. We're 99% confident this is what you're supposed to do. And I had to let go because I can only do what I can do in my faith, believing for Clay. But Clay had to go to God and get that breakthrough for something that he had to know this was God's plan for his life. When Clay walked back in my office after a couple days, Clay said, all right, God finally gave me that 1%. And it was in that moment that we knew it was time for Clay to come to work at Cowboy Junction. Are others believing God for your miracle more than you're believing God for your miracle? Then it's time for some breakthrough. And after today's message, this should be this moment that no matter how big or how small, God is the mountain-moving God, and God is the water-to-wine God. He just needs an advocate. And who's going to be the advocate in this room? Father, today I pray for my friends. And Jesus, today I pray that you would speak and that we would hear open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive and today Jesus with all of our hearts we pray what is that thing what is that one thing that you're telling us to believe for what opportunity or possibility is there that nobody else sees but you see Jesus, my prayer is that this message catches a lot of people up to the breakthrough that we've been believing for as a church. That if anybody's got left behind, they would start seeing all around them the possibilities that they don't think is a priority. But you're showing them the possibility because you're also showing them the opportunity for a breakthrough.
Father, I pray for creative ideas. I pray for people to walk around with a what if faith. What if someone did this? What if someone did this? And Father, I pray that you would show us those people that could be an absolute opportunity if we would just have the faith to believe you for it. We love you. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Cowboy Junction, our prayer team's up here, and they'd love to pray for you. They really would. And if there's any burden you're carrying, something you're just not ready to leave just yet, they would love to pray for you guys. So with that, it's time for us to love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. God bless you guys, and have a great week in the Lord. See you later.